Hello and welcome to today's podcast here on Christ Talk Canada. We are now at the 15th episode and we are super excited. We're five away from 20, so yay for us. Uh, we will be covering a topic today which will probably be a part one and part two. So um, it's on the vastly important topic of the Bible and today. And it's a relevancy to us today. So as Christians, we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. And that it provides us with guidance, wisdom, and truth to live our lives according to what God has instituted us for, to do, for us to do. But with the changing times and shifting cultural norms... Some may question the relevancy of the Bible in today's world. So let's start the podcast with with opening up in prayer, as we always do. And we will go from there. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we gather here today to study your word. We ask for your presence and guidance to be with us as we study this very important topic. We thank you for the gift of the Bible, for your inspired words, Lord. Help them to be a lamp unto our feet. Help them to guide our very path in this discussion and in this podcast. Lord, help it to continue to speak to us today and forevermore, providing us with your wisdom, your guidance, your direction for our lives. Lord, we pray that as we explore the historical and modern context of the Bible and the ways in which it can transform our lives, that you, O Lord, would open up our hearts and minds to see and know your truth. Help us to see the relevancy of your word in our lives today and be transformed by its power. We pray also for your wisdom and discernment as we consider all the supposed contradictions of the Bible. Help us to see your word clearly and to understand it in a way and in the way, sorry, that you have intended it to be. And above all, we pray that through our study and discussion here today on the podcast, that we would grow even closer to you and to one another. May we be strengthened in our faith and empowered to live out your word in every aspect of our lives. So, Father God, we ask all of these things in the precious and holy name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So, I'm going to be discussing um, a little bit about a background and then kind of dive into some more aspects of the Bible and today. So the first thing I want to talk about is the Bible in historical times. So let's dive into this topic and see why the Bible is still very much relevant today. 
First, let's talk about the historical significance of the Bible. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, with an estimated of, I think it's 5 billion copies sold worldwide. And it has been translated literally into 700 languages and has been read and studied by millions of people throughout history. The Bible has been a source of comfort and guidance for people in every generation and has been an instrument in shaping the course of history. But it has also been a seriously huge controversial topic for decades. And so today I want to go and and do this in a way where it all makes sense but it all comes together and that we can finally come to an understanding of everything that people try to put out there. So historical timeline of how we got the King James Bible or the New King James Bible or any of the translations for that matter. Uh, the history of the King James Version or KJV as some call it of the Bible begins with the need for a new English translation in the Bible of the Bible, pardon me, in the late 16th century. So here's a brief historical timeline of how we got the Old Testament to the New Testament, as well as some key dates related to the translation of the Bible into different languages and how we got uh, and how we got the most used Bible today, which is the King James Version or KJV. So from 1400 to 400 BC, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and Aramaic over a period of approximately a thousand years. The books were preserved and copied by Jewish scribes. From 250 to 100 BC, BC, the Old Testament was translated into Greek by Jewish scholars in Alexandria, Egypt. The, this version is also known as the Spagatin. Uh, 4 BC to AD 95, the New Testament was written in Greek by various authors, including the apostles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, as well as Paul, Peter, James, and Jude. Fourth century, the Old and New Testament were, com were compiled into the canon of scripture as we know it today. This process was guided by the Holy Spirit and affirmed by the early church councils. From the 5th century to the 15th century, the Bible was translated into various languages, including Latin, Seric, uh, Coptic, Armenian, and Georgian. From, uh, in, 19, sorry, in 1382, John Wycliffe produced the first English translation of the Bible using the Latin Vulgate as his source. In 1526, William Tyndale produced the first printed English New Testament, translated directly from the original Greek. By 1611, the King James Version of the Bible was published, becoming the most widely used English translations for centuries. 19th to the 20th century, the Bible was translated into hundreds of languages, including Chinese, Arabic, or Arabic, Russian, and many African and indigenous languages. From 1947 to 1956, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in Karam, or Kuram, providing valuable uh, insights into the preserva preservation and transmission of the Hebrew Bible. And in 1947, 
1947 to 1966, the Revised Standard Version of the Bible was published, aimed at providing a more accurate and accessible translation of the original languages. From 1965 to 1971, the Jerusalem Bible and the New Jerusalem Bible were published, providing a fresh translation of the Bible from the original languages with a focus on accuracy and readability. From 1978 to 1995, the New International Version of the Bible was published, aimed at providing a modern, readable translation for of the original languages. So it is important to note that while the Bible has been translated into many languages, the original Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek texts remain the authoritative source for biblical scholarship and interpretation. Okay. Additionally, the process of translating the Bible requires careful attention to the original languages as well as a deep understanding of the historical and cultural context in which the text was written. The King James Version went on to become one of the most widely read and influential translations of the Bible in the English-speaking countries, and it is still widely used today especially in churches among conservative Christians who prefer its poetic language and traditional style, and its impact on the English language and literature is immeasurable, pardon me, with many common phrases and idioms originating from the KJV. So, the historical names of the Bibles, Hebrew name also known as the Tanakh, all right, the Spagat was the next one. The Vulgate is the next one. The Wycliffe Bible, the Tyndale Bible, the Geneva Bible, the King James Version, also known as the Authorized Version, the Douay-Remis Bible, the New American Standard Bible, the New International Version, the New Revised Standard Version, the English Standard Version, the Holman Christian Standard Bible, the Message, the New Living Translation, the Common English Bible, and the Christian Standard Bible. So out of all of those versions of the Bible, the only three that I use are New King James, King James, and the NASB, which is the New American Standard Bible. But I only use the New American Standard Bible previous to 1995. Anything past 1995, and you will find that there are words and verses omitted from the translation why they did that i really don't know but those are the three translations in which i use uh to study scriptures to write my sermons my my podcasts all that kind of stuff i i kind of go back and forth okay um so as a christian pastor <clears throat> it's an important it's important to understand historical context um and even as a christian it's also important to understand historical context in which the bible was written the bible is not just a book that was written in a you know vacuum or anything like that but rather it was written during a specific time in history by specific people to specific audiences so one may ask well if it was written to or by specific people to specific audiences how does it apply to us today well because Everything that the Word of God says can and does apply to our life even today. And I'll get to that in just a bit. But the Old Testament was written over a period of approximately a thousand years. 
And that, again, was from 1500 BC to 400 BC. And during this time, Israel was a nation that was constantly at war with its neighbors. And the people of Israel were constantly struggling to remain faithful to God. Many of the Old Testament books, such as Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, were written during this time, and they gave us a glimpse into the history of Israel and its people. The New Testament, however, was written in the first century AD, uh, AD meaning after death, uh, so after Christ had death, uh, had died, sorry, uh, during the time of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was a powerful empire that controlled much of the known world at the time. The New Testament books, such as the Gospels, Acts, and the letters of Paul, were written during this time, and they gave, uh, gave us a glimpse into the life and teachings of Jesus Christ, as well as the early Christian church. Now, it's also important to understand the culture and social context of the Bible. For example, in the Old Testament, the concept of sacrifice was a common practice among ancient cultures. The Israelites, however, believed that their sacrifices were an act of worship and obedience to God. And in the New Testament, the concept of baptism was a common practice among Jews and Gentiles. The early Christian church saw baptism as a symbol of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and, as a, and, and a way for believers to publicly identify with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, understanding the, the, sorry, understanding the historical and cultural context of the Bible can help us to better understand the meaning of the scriptures. We can gain a deeper appreciation for the struggle and triumphs of the people of Israel, as well as the teachings of Jesus and the early church, uh, the early Christian church leaders. Ultimately, the Bible is the book that tells the story of God's love for humanity. And it is our responsibility as Christians to read it, study it, and apply its teachings to our own lives. As it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I love that verse. I'm sorry. That that verse, that is the verse that God uh, called me to ministry with, to show me what the meaning of his word was to do and how to use it. So in addition to understanding the historical context of the Bible, it is also important to consider the, the literary uh, genres found within its pages. The Bible is a collection of books that includes historical narratives, poetry, prophecy, and letters. Each genre has its own unique style and purpose. Understanding these genres can help us to interpret the text more accurately, okay? For example, the, host, the sorry, the historical narratives found in the Old Testament, such as the Book of Kings and Chronicles, were written to record the history of Israel and its kings. These books include stories of triumph and tragedy. They show us how God worked in the lives of his people, even in the midst of their failures. The poetry found in the Bible, such as Psalms and the Book of Job, express the deepest emotions and longings of the human heart. 
They give us a glimpse into the inner workings of the human soul and help us to connect with God on a deeper level. The deeper level. I mean, anyone who reads uh, the book of Psalms, any, any, any chapter in Psalms is going to see the heart of a man who is after God's heart, undoubtedly. So, you know, the prophecies that we find in the Bible, such as those of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and other ones, were written to warn the people of Israel of the consequences of their sin and to point them towards repentance. They also contain many predictions about the coming Messiah, which were fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And finally, the letters found in the New Testament, such as the letters of Paul, were written to instruct and encourage the early Christian church. They contain teachings on Christian doctrines, practical advice for Christian living, and words of comfort and encouragement for believers. Now, as Christians, it is our responsibility to approach the Bible with a humble and teachable sp spirit, seeking to understand its teachings and apply them to our lives. And as it says in James chapter 1, verse 22, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, by studying the historical context, literary genres, and teachings of the Bible, we can grow in our faith and become more effective witnesses for Christ and the kingdom in this world. Now, I'm going to just pause here for one second uh, because I want to now kind of shift my focus from historical biblical time to more of a, a modern time and where we are today. Okay. So as we continue to explore now Bible, the Bible in modern times, we need to look at, and we're going to talk about the relevancy of the Bible in our times, in our modern times today. The Bible provides us with guidance on how to live a moral and ethical life. It teaches us about love, forgiveness, compassion. It teaches us how to gain wisdom and knowledge and understanding. It teaches us about the character and, and love of God and the grace of God and who Jesus Christ was and what he's still doing even now today. And, you know, it gives us a hope and an encouragement in difficult times. And it reminds us of the importance of our faith and prayer. The Bible also provides us with answers to life's biggest questions, such as the purpose of our existence and the nature of God. And as, as a Christian pastor, it's important to understand the relevancy of the Bible in modern times. That The Bible is not just a book of ancient history and teachings, but it is a living and active word. There is power in the word of God, and it speaks to us today. The Bible has the power to transform lives and to guide us in our daily walk with our Father in heaven and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the precious Holy Spirit. One of the challenges that we face in modern times is the uh, proliferation of false teachings and distorted interpretations of the Bible. It is important for Christians to have a solid understanding of the scriptures and to be discerning in their approach to biblical interpretation. Now, I believe that I have talked on this subject uh, about what I'm about to say once before, but I just want to kind of reiterate this 
uh, because this is very, very important. If you are coming to someone and they are telling you that the Bible says this and the Bible says that and the Bible does this or does not do that, ask them to prove it to you. Ask them to show you where in the Bible it says this. And if they can't or they can't search for it and give it to you, then don't accept it as truth. But if they back it up, if they say, okay, in Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints of marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Okay, so now you know that you can go and look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And it, if it says word for word what that man just told you, or the way he was explaining it to you, and, and it fits with what God is trying to tell you in the Word of God, then you know that he is speaking from the Bible, that he is speaking from a knowledge and a wisdom and an interpretation that God has given to him through his own personal study. However, we also have to be very careful because sometimes people will try to interpretate what the Bible says differently on their own human perspective and in their own way. And we cannot accept that as being truth. Even if they are sincere, they can still be sincerely wrong. So one way to approach the Bible in modern times is to study it within the context of, of a Christian community. The early Christian church was characterized by a spirit of fellowship and mutual support. And this model can be powerful, can be a powerful tool for understanding and interpreting the Bible today. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go to Bible school to understand the Bible. No, I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, how much do you study? How much are you willing to invest in knowing the Bible, what it means, what it's saying, its context, all that kind of stuff, its history, its, its uh, views, and what the cultures were like back then. So by studying the scriptures in community with other believers, we can gain new insights and perspectives on teachings of the Bible that maybe we couldn't have necessarily understood or, or gathered in our own time. So, I mean, you have two ways of doing this. You can do it on your own through complete devotion and study, or you can do it in a, in a body of believers at the church. And, and most sermons um, are meant to interpretate and explain what the verses of the Bible are, are trying to say. And see, here's where the church today, I feel, maybe is failing the Christian a little bit too much, is that they are putting the scripture, or they're using the scripture, to bring about personal stuff. Like, they're, they're using their own personal life to make the Bible fit. And that's not what the Word of God is for. That is not how we should be preaching a sermon. Yes, you can use personal reflections of, you know, that maybe you went through something similar to what the Bible is talking about. But ultimately, it should be giving glory and honor to God and that it should always be lining up with the Word. You know, we cannot go outside of the Word of God and make it about us because that's not what a sermon is. That's not what you know, the Christian church should be teaching. And it shouldn't be about the, you know, word of faith movement or the prosperity gospel or anything like that. It should be a solid foundation, theological, doctrine, and 
uh, view of what the Holy Scriptures are telling us and how to live our lives and how to approach the very study and character of God. Another way to approach the Bible in modern times is to embrace the, the diversity of Christian, Christian traditions and perspectives. Right? The Bible has been interpreted in many different ways throughout history, and there is no one correct interpretation. By everyone saying, well, my interpretation is correct, no, you're, you're making it about you. It has nothing to do with you. It's all about God. It's what God is trying to tell us. Okay, By engaging with a variety of Christian perspectives, we can gain a richer understanding of the scriptures and the ways in which they speak to our lives today. It's important to remember that the Bible is not just a book of teachings, but it is a Bible of stories, and the stories of the Bible are rich with meaning and relevancy for our lives today. And by studying the stories of the Bible and reflecting on their significance, we can gain a deeper understanding of God's character and his love for us. Now, you remember uh, a few minutes ago when I recited Hebrews 4.12. So here, here's what I do. Okay, so most of everything that I say is coming from memory because I have read it and wrote it in my mind and I'm just speaking it. Sometimes I get myself messed up and I have to kind of backtrack and figure it out. And sometimes I do have to look at my notes. But what I have in front of me on my computer, on my, on my screen is scriptures that I want to talk about, that I want to use in my podcast. So one of the scriptures that I was going to use was Hebrews 4.12. Um, because it is saying something very powerful and very meaning, me, meaningful. Sorry. So Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful. Okay. It, I mean, God is saying it right there. His word, his word, God's word is living and powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It can even pierce to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Whose heart, though? God's heart? No. Our heart. Our minds. Okay? So, by approaching the Bible with a humble and teachable spirit, and by seeking to understand its teachings within the context of the Christian uh, community or, or perspectives or diverse perspectives, uh, we can unlock the transformative power of God's word in our lives today. And in modern times, we also have access to a wide range of tools and resources that can help us to understand and interpretate the Bible. For example, there are many, many, many reputable books, Bible commentaries, study guides, online resources that can provide valuable insights into the meaning of scriptures. But that is a human's interpretation of what God's word is saying. So again, be careful. It's also important, however, to approach these resources with discernment, see, to verify their accuracy and reliability. Again, not all resources are created equal, and it's important to ensure that the teachings and interpretations that they provide are consistent with the teaching of the Bible itself. 
And this is why I go back to this once again. If a preacher, pastor, evangelist, deacon, elder, whatever it is, or any person comes up to you saying that they know the word of God and that it's telling you this and God's telling me to tell you this. If it does not back up with the word of God, brothers and sisters, run. Don't even listen to it. Anything outside of the word of God is under false pretense. It is man speaking of his own accord, of his own authority, of his own ego and pride. And that is not of God. It, again... It is important, it is very important to verify the accuracy and reliability of everything that people are telling you. And people, brothers and sisters, whoever is listening to this, when you go to church, when you listen to a sermon, when you do anything biblical or Bible related, have your Bible with you. Stop coming to church without a Bible. How are you going to know if it is truth? If you cannot back it up and read it for yourself. But I have it on my phone. No. There is a difference between your phone and the Bible. The Bible is the living, breathing word of God Almighty. Never mind your phone. God didn't create your phone. God created the Bible. The word that we hold in our hands. That's the important thing. That is our our food. Our milk. That is the honey in which we need. Not a phone. Put the phone down, pick up the Bible, and start reading it. That's just that's just my perspective of it, okay? And, and you know, you're gonna do whatever you want and however you want it, and that's fine. That's between you and God. But I'm just saying to you that you know, as a Christian, as a pastor, as a person who loves and soaks up the Word of God, I need to have the physical Bible in my hand. I feel connected to God when I'm holding the Bible, when I'm reading the very words from the Bible and not some app on my phone. Yes, in times of a pinch, I will use my phone to search a scripture, to pick up an understanding of it, to explain it to someone, but 99% of the time, I have my Bible with me. One of the challenges that we face in modern times is the increasing secularization of society and as christian believers it is important for us to remain grounded in the teachings of the bible and be bold in sharing our faith with others even in the face of prosecution okay and at the same time we need to be sensitive to the culture and societal context in which we find ourselves in the teachings of the bible are timeless and relevant to all people in all times. But the way in which we share these teachings may need to be adapted to the specific culture and its context in which we find ourselves. So, you know, let's say I'm, I'm okay. So me personally, I'm a white man. Okay. I've always been a white man. I will always be a white man. However, someone who came from, let's say India, who has a different culture, who has a different way of life, will not understand my ways or the ways in which I perceive or understand the Word of God. He may know the Word of God, but in his culture, in his ways. And so when we approach different cultures, different nationalities, we need to be careful that we are not offending someone and driving them away from Jesus Christ. 
I want everyone to know who Jesus Christ is in the fullness of what the Word of God says. But I also have to be very careful as a Christian and as a pastor that I do not offend anyone, that I do not make anyone feel like they are not worthy because of the color of their skin or because of how they speak or because of how they, they take it in. No, that's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to love them and embrace them and give them grace and mercy and forgiveness and teach them, reprove them, rebuke them when they need to be rebuked, but ultimately love them and, and, and show them the light of Christ. So, you know, in, in the Christian community, we are very diverse. We, we, we have multiple different cultures in the Christian community now more than ever. Okay, and in Psalm 119.105, it says, the Bible says this, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. And some may argue that the Bible is outdated and it doesn't apply to our modern world, but boy, are they sorely mistaken. However, the principles and teachings of the Bible are timeless, people. They are timeless and can be applied to any situation or circumstance. For example, the Bible teaches us about the importance of treating others with kindness and respect, something that is still relevant and important in our society today. Additionally, the Bible provides us with a sense of community and belonging. It connects us with each other as Christians who share our beliefs and values in Christ. It also provides us with a sense of purpose and mission as we are called to serve others and share the good news of the gospel. So thanks so much for listening to part one. Our next episode will be part two. We hope you will continue to listen. Thank you so much. <laughs>